2: All
3: right, welcome back to the Shades of Blue Soccer Show. This is Thad, as usual, uh, but I have Cody on, who's been with us many times before. But we have a new guest on tonight, Mr. Donikowski. Would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, so uh, I'm Jed Donikowski. Um, sporting fan, soccer fan, math fan, um, big fan of lots of things. So that's
3: me. You're the resident uh, numbers guy for the Blue Testament, also. Don't don't want to leave yeah,
1: that. Yeah, I'll. I'll wear that mantle.
3: <laughs> uh, Cody, how are you tonight?
2: I'm doing very well. How about you guys? Thank
1: not you too play. bad. Not
2: too bad. Royals right, are roll. still tied Royals <laughs> tied it up, so I'm doing better. Yeah, I'm watching <laughs> the highlights, so
1: we'll see what happens there. Yeah.
3: And I'm not.
1: Yeah. Right. It's
3: pretty- um, all right, well, let's get started. Uh, I think you, uh, Jeff, is going to break down the Esteli uh, game for us. Cody, can you hear me?
1: Yeah. Did we lose him? Are uh, you waiting on Jeff or me? Yeah. Oh, on you. Sorry. Oh, no, my apologies. (laughs) I heard Jeff. Yeah, Estelle game. Um, Really, really good stuff, I thought. Um, Classic sporting, playing against a team we should definitely beat. Uh, My big complaint was Bieler not finishing the sitter. But really, honestly, I thought that was a really great performance all around from everybody. Um, Benny looked really good. I thought maybe tactically we could have been a little more defensive, but a team like Estelle, we didn't really need to be. So, um, you know, starting off with the early Biela goal was great. Lots of fouls. I don't know. Ref was somewhat consistent, I guess. It's the best thing you could say. But I, when I look at eight cards and the 30-plus fouls, it was crazy. But long story short, um, I don't know. Sporting played really good. Uh, when I saw Lightning, I was worried it would maybe be called off, <laughs> honestly. But, uh, no, there's, uh, you know, three goals? How much money was it? <laughs>
3: I, I never actually saw it. <laughs> I think it was uh, all behind me. In the first 10 blocks.
1: minutes, there was like three or four strikes. So make it that what you will. I mean, I'm a big fan of fan safety, so I would not have been upset if it pulled us aside. But they cleared up, and things got good.
3: Yeah, apparently it was probably moving away from us. Maybe they took that risk.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know if MLS actually has regulations or Concacaf or what, but they worked out well for us.
3: I'm pretty sure yeah. MLS has it. Uh, not sure about Concacaf.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, Cody, so, what did so, you well, get I, out of? it?
3: Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: Uh,
2: what, did I, what did I get out of the silly uh, game? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it looks like they've they've like kind of at least brought this all back together. I know it's against a pretty weak opponent, but there were moments that they were moving the ball around and dancing over the ball a little bit and playing with some flair. So I don't know, it's good to see that and hopefully they'll carry it over here into tomorrow night's game.
1: Yeah, that's the hard thing for me to really judge is Estelle just not never won a you know, Champions League game. I just that's the team you should always be. Yeah. It's hard to to really read into, you know, how good was that performance. I mean, that was, that was a really strong lineup. um, When our, you know, million dollar designated player is the guy (laughs) who hasn't played all season and comes in and scores two, you know, what do you, what do you really say to that? Yeah. But I mean, at least
2: they, they did, they did it right and they did it in in an attractive way. So. Yeah, and, accomplished it, like. and
1: I personally I thought Bieler looked really good.
2: Yeah, except uh, for that that was just me, freaking but... shank in the middle <laughs> of the in the middle of the box that drove me. Insane. Yeah, that
1: had that had hints of Kai Kamara against LA at Community America. That was really poor. Yeah. But um I don't know. I really in preseason I thought Bieler looked really good. So I've been surprised at his lack of playing time. But You know, maybe the question is, is this a resurgence for him, or is he just gone next year? I don't know.
2: Well, hopefully he's just racking up his value at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. The Royals just went ahead. Damn it. I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) I think Baylor's
3: just uh, saving his legs for the next team.
2: Maybe that's it.
3: Well, Well, I I would
1: not be surprised if he's back in keto. Yeah,
3: they just can't afford him.
1: Well, yeah, I'm, just, I'm i very, he I'm very back in happy. Here and I think he's a good player, but I just don't know if he's worth the money at this point if we're using him as our
2: No, he's I don't PCL I don't think guy. he is. And he and I mean, at least it's very nice to see him, you know, staying in at least decent form. I know he shanked that one, but he's he's stayed it looks like in good form and he's does his impression of what Dom does, you know, like mm-hmm. he's he he runs pretty well at the you know and forces
1: the the keeper a lot. But
2: how about I that mean, penalty
1: though? That was confidence. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. yeah, definitely. I I didn't realize until I saw the uh, replays how close that was to being saved. But that was just blasting. Well,
2: yeah, yeah, it was close to being saved. The keeper jumps like all the way to the freaking six yard box. It's like it was ridiculous.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Guess yeah. What they do. I do good goals and a bad miss. I joke that if he. Uh, you know, hit an own goal, he'd have the CONCACAF hat trick. So,
2: right. (laughs) All right. How
3: about the, um, how about some of the other guys though? Uh, Tony and, uh, Juliao seem to be, they seem to work really well together when they're out there. I mean, do you, do you guys get that impression that they kind of, they're kind of in sync? They're a little bit creative. They're, they both, you know, not the Americans. They kind of that, that flair to them when they work together on their I
1: know. I I'm glad to, I feel like they definitely have a very similar playing style. Um I just feel like Tony's the better player. Um I don't know, Julio still seems really eager to get forward or maybe doesn't quite get the role he's in. There's
2: definitely a second. I, I I feel better mind, about Tony than
1: Julio. <laughs> yeah.
2: But, well, I looked at, like, uh, Tony last night was very confident and played very well, and that's great, and I think that's, like, what we've been waiting to see, but I also think he just kind of has it in his head that, like, the Champions League is, like, his his competition now at this point, and so he's taking a lot of confidence into that, but he still seems like he wants to maybe, uh, maybe still, he's not, he's not too slow. He's come around in that, but he's still in that, you know, wants to needs like one extra step to make the pass that he wants, and the the MLS game is a little too quick for him right now. But so I'm hoping he can carry all this confidence over into
1: MLS play. Yeah, I almost wonder if it's not even that it's too quick; it's just MLS play is too physical. I mean, yeah, the, you know, yeah, yeah. The, the Latin American teams are going to try to you know do the, the tactical thing, and they'll follow you like crazy. But the MLS is really where you get a shoulder put into you, and I don't think. Either of them are yeah. that used to that.
2: Yeah, Latin American so. players a hack at the ankles when they've <laughs> been beat, but MLS right. is always a shoulder in your back and always somebody on you.
1: Yeah, it's a Samba versus a mosh pit. So. Right. Um, from that aspect, I could, I could see how both of them would excel in Champions League play. Right. At least until we start facing the Mexican teams, and that's a whole other discussion, but...
3: That's a whole other level of hacking, to be honest. <laughs> yeah,
1: but they're actually good at other things, too.
2: Very, yeah. very good. So, I mean, so all we need to do is all we need to do is uh, get a draw, right? And then we can
1: well, all we need to do worry not, about
2: Mexico in a while.
1: Just don't lose by more than one. Oh, is that what it is? Or if we lose three to one, then we draw lots, which I've actually never seen so that would be interesting and terrifying. If we lose four to two, we go ahead on away goals. If we lose by three, we're out.
2: Oh, okay, okay.
1: So we can lose by one. We can lose by two as long as we score two. And if we lose by two and only score one, we're flipping a coin.
2: All right, all right. Yeah, I conquer cap rules out there. (laughs)
1: That is That right there is hashtag concapped. That whole you sentence you just said. It's weird. The whole three-team group is weird to me. I know. But it's even weirder when you consider that every result has been identical in our group so far. It's creepy. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah but I think I feel yeah. good about going to Supriza. Well, there was a report yeah, coming out a
3: couple nights ago that we won't be playing at their home for for whatever reason.
1: Yeah, I, wait, yeah. I, I need to figure yep. out what we're playing. Because <laughs> if I remember right, their home field is just a concrete slab painted green. But then but I, I think thought I saw Sweet saying we weren't playing there.
2: I was under the impression that they had a rather ruckus home field advantage.
1: Yeah, I think that that's outside of Azteca, one of the worst places for the U.S. to play. So, oh,
3: oh. Yeah. Yeah, the Purple Monster, I think, is what it was called. Or no, that's the, yep. That's their name. Their their uh, <laughs> stadium is the Monsters Cave. There you go. Huh.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah. but every Cadio, picture of it Cadu just makes Francisco. it look
1: terrible. I mean, it <laughs> it is not a fun place to play for my oh. googling. So.
3: Yeah, I don't Uh don't
1: really know much about it, but other
3: than everybody has said that it's a really horrible place to play, it's the best advantage uh, Costa Rica has of any place down there. Right. But I don't know what the reason would be that we aren't playing there unless CONCACAF just said it's too horrible of a field. (laughs) Um,
1: Yeah, I don't know.
2: Huh.
3: Either way, I feel you
1: know... Being able to yeah, game plans with a two-goal lead on them, I think makes it a lot easier. I mean, I know Gremis yeah, gets some flack from people for his tactics and all that, but when you've got that much time to really sit down and say, well, we can give up a goal and still lose in advance, I think you can really game plan to that.
3: Yeah, I've heard that, I have have a hard time seeing Gremis thinking that way, though, to be honest me, is always about going out and getting the result at least the draw I mean that he'll he might play two defensive mids, but he won't like put three of them out there. You know what I mean
1: yeah now that is a good point
3: <clears throat> he you know if uh Peterson's back he you know he might have him up on a wing because he's willing to go do the the hard. Well, stuff be done and stuff like that. And I guess they will still have Zuzzi out there.
1: I would add, based on last year, winning the group but not getting all the points really hurt us as far as seeding goes. So just, just winning the group isn't really one of my consideration. The, uh, but now that I've said that, right. maybe I backped a little bit. Maybe I want them to go for the throat and just drop six on them and <laughs> – <laughs> well, I, 10 I love points to top that. of the group let's hope to get for like a 1 or 2 seed let's avoid a Mexican team in the first round
3: right now I would just be happy with a, a win uh, a one nothing win get the 10 points like you said <laughs> be in the top half of the seeding but right now it's looking like some of the Mexican teams are going to be in the bottom half so we probably end up playing them anyway
1: yeah, yeah, wouldn't that right, be great? I don't know. I think Mexican yeah. teams always take this really casual, but it seems like this year they've been extra casual. And, you know, in a four-game tournament, maybe that's, you can do that until the fourth game, but it'll be interesting to see what the final seedings are like.
3: Yeah, very, very, <laughs> very much
2: so. All
1: right, let's um, probably enough talk about
3: CTL for the moment, at least. The... Uh, one of the main reasons we got together was to talk about the upcoming match with new England.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And Cody, mm-hmm. Cody, you
3: got uh, any info on new England for us?
2: Yeah. Um, new England is, I mean, you know, they're right behind us. same number of games played three points back and we are three points behind DC United. We're still within striking distance, obviously and they're clearly within striking distance of us. So this is a pretty big game against a team that, you know, actually minus last week, they we couldn't find a winner, but a team that has looked pretty solid, and Lee Wynn has looked like an MVP candidate, you know, up to this point. And, uh, okay, Jermaine Jones, he was claiming to be injured. <laughs> and... um he played the second half against Columbus and i mean he looked perfectly fine to me he was getting up the field fine and i i read that he practiced earlier this week but they weren't saying anything about his status for the game but i would feeling to willing to bet he's in there in a in an important matchup
3: the um, i i know there's some questions actually whether or not he was going to be available and uh, to be honest, we were, I was out there today when New England pulled out the practice and I didn't see him walk off the bus. That doesn't mean he wasn't there. maybe um, he hmm. was hiding, maybe maybe he was camouflaged as teal or somebody else, I don't know.
2: But <laughs> I did not see him. That's interesting. I don't well, know. I do mean, it it was all I mean it was it was all for like an injury where um was that uh, Callum Malice just he claimed was going after an injury or an, an, a spot specific on him that he knew was hurt, and so he was, like, targeting his foot. But I don't know. It's It, it seems like he's in – it's it's a very weird situation. They've been secretive about it, and then when he's played, he's looked perfectly fine, and I don't know. That's what that's what everyone in there in New England practices has said, is that he's looked – looks like he's good to go. <laughs>
3: Well, maybe he's just regretting going to New England.
2: Yeah, like, no joke. That thought has crossed my mind, for real. Like, maybe he is.
3: (laughs) Well, I mean, there was the whole controversy over him wanting to go to Chicago, then kind of forcing the issue with talking to New England to, you know, raise Chicago's offer and then losing the coin flip (laughs) and ended up in New England. The, The. you saw the first pictures of him in a New England uniform. He kind of looked like, you know, the hostage photos. Right,
2: but it's it's interesting because I I think I think he should, you know, be okay with that situation. Like I think him and Lee Wynn could could be very dangerous together. And whenever Diego Fagundes comes around, you know, this year or. Next year, I think that they could be really good.
3: So what are our thoughts for the uh, game tomorrow night? What do you uh, What do you guys look at? How that's game? How it's going to go? Win loss predictions. Actually, it is, actually, maybe we should back up. Sporting lineup, we're pretty unsure what that will be. Colin <laughs> will probably be out. Um. Do oh, we you think could. so?
1: I guess, has he been practicing? I don't know.
2: Yeah, yeah, Fed, you're the, you're the man. I don't know.
1: I, I thought it was more a precautionary thing, but maybe that was just based on Twitter chatter. Well, according to
3: Ramiz in the press conference, it was kind of unlikely. And then uh, I know a couple of people actually asked Colin and he didn't think he would play. That doesn't mean he can't or won't.
1: Too busy running um, his new fashion outlet. The, uh, yeah, while he
3: was, while the press conference was going on today, he was watching, uh, the MLS All Star game on a computer. I'm like, wow. That's the weirdest thing
1: I've ever heard.
3: <laughs> and I asked weird. him if he was looking for something specific, and he goes, Yes, very much so. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't seem to want to answer any farther than that, so I left that one alone. Um,
0: very intriguing
3: him. from the Frenchman. Yeah, very. Hmm. Um, but with him, out, um, that's, that leaves Palmer Brown, because Olam can't play because he's out on yellow uh, accumulation. Uh, so basically it leaves Palmer Brown or Ellis. And if you put in Ellis, that means you have no other outside back or center back option. You know what I mean? He's that one option. Right. To put on the bench and come in for a couple spots.
1: Um, well, for me, if that's the option, it's Ellis. Yeah, I mean, I, I've liked what I've seen from Palmer Brown, but I'm not sure he's ready to go against, you know, Jermaine Jones. So. Yeah, that's valid, but I,
2: I don't know. I'd almost, I'd almost just say go, Eric Palmer Brown. I don't. The, I don't, It's yes, Kevin Ellis is probably better, but I wouldn't. Like you said, you don't think. Uh, EPB is ready to take on Jermaine Jones. I don't think Kevin Ellis is either, so I would almost just say screw it and put in put in EPB.
1: Mm. I don't know. I'm yeah. almost of the mindset at this point in the season that the supporter shields might be too far gone at this point and we need to just not lose games and make the playoffs without being in a wild card spot. Does that make sense? Yeah.
2: Like,
1: uh, I would love a win, but if we draw at home, I'm not going to be upset about that.
3: Right. With all things considered, I wouldn't be totally upset with it, although I've been upset with so many draws at home, Um, so many non-results, I should say. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, We need to to
1: win. Boy, you should not be a Chicago fan, then. Have you seen how many draws they pulled this year? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. 16, yeah that'd be, that'd i just be pulled awful. it up i can't i can't even imagine Seattle has won seventeen games and then Chicago has drawn sixteen
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, and, I, do think are, uh, I I do think yeah. a win is important in that we're still within striking distance of d c united and isn't the isn't one of the other MLS Champions League qualifiers the the winner of the conference other than the Supporters' Shield winner?
1: Yes. <laughs> Technically, okay. that's this year, he... I think that's true. <laughs> Unless they change it after the championship again. <laughs>
2: right, right. I think that's I think that's what it is right now. So I think that is rather significant because I love us playing in the Champions League and I think we need another competition going on constantly, so
1: Yeah. You know, I you know, worst case scenario we just focus on the open cup. Right. I love the open cup. I'm sorry. I love the Champions League too, but I just love the history of the open cup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, I I do too. The uh, I think we'd have done better this year if it wasn't just for all the combination of injuries and uh, World Cup play. But
1: Oh yeah. I I think I honestly think we've had the hardest schedule of any MLS team this year. I mean I know people think the Western conference is so much harder and all that, but when you look at what sporting has gone through this year, it's been crazy.
3: Yeah, I don't know if it's so much the schedule but just the uh the, the season itself of uh Losing Aparo, losing Myers, losing Peterson Joseph. Technically, he was gone last year, but we had him on the roster still. Having uh, Beasler called up, uh, Zussi called
2: up,
1: Smiling, uh, Uri. losing yeah, Uri. Yeah, that'll,
2: that'll be the story <laughs> of this season, no matter so, what.
1: yeah, sorry to reopen that wound.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, but but right. I mean that will like that'll be the that'll be the narrative that's been the narrative this whole season is. The what we've battled through and the depth of the team, so
1: and I mean just... I think every team can say that to a certain extent,
2: so I don't mean to oh to but it's Joe, clear. Woe it, us, but it, it it is yeah, it is definitely clear that this team has has been destroyed by it, and I mean it's but the other thing is just that it was the good thing that we did have Zucy and Beastler get taken from us, but it also caused a lot of problems in our defense.
1: Right.
3: Um, yeah, absolutely. But and then also losing Olam to uh, international play for a couple games while we yeah. really could have used. And that yeah, him. that
1: was like the biggest unexpected I mean not that it should be unexpected because he he's earned it for sure, but that's just kind of the icing on the crap cake we'd been served. Yeah, like yeah, perfect. We like, know you, you mean we don't even get Olam? <laughs> like
3: so, mm-hmm. yeah, that that's when that's when we're down to using, you know, wingers as uh, outside backs and outside backs as center backs and, and
2: third
3: string uh, goalies and, and calling the, up the our
1: the MLS pool keeper. <laughs> I mean that's another thing we haven't even touched on yet is we finally got Kronberg back and he had a great game.
2: Yeah, and see do we think they give him the start I guess?
1: I do. I think you have to.
3: Wow. I think they do, but I don't, I, mean, I I mean, have nothing to back that up from watching practice. Um, I just think they do because he's the starter and he's back and you give it to him.
1: Yeah, I, I don't mean to say that as I think Kronberg is our best goalkeeper because maybe I don't. Yeah. But I think from day one, Vermeer says that Kronberg is the man and if he's healthy, he's going. And I don't think he's lost the job yet.
2: Well, here's here's what I I keep I keep envisioning, Lee Wynn, who is very crafty. I I see him laying up Jermaine Jones on like a back heel, from like thirty five yards out, and Jermaine Jones is gonna rip it, and I I I feel like that would, you know, put Kronberg on his ass, and I I would feel very confident in Andy to at least parry it away.
1: <laughs> As the counterpoint being a cross is played into Jermaine Jones and Kronberg just grabs it out of the air and everybody's happy. Uh, yeah, a, but... If we don't yeah. have Colin in there for the aerial stuff, then I don't mind Cronberg in, in the Nets. Yeah, but I don't and I I, mean, I don't the, mind the any huge difference.
2: I think we're... Okay, yeah. Go ahead. yeah, well, I, I, yeah, I just don't see a huge difference between um Andy and Kronberg when it comes to that but yeah it is it is comforting every now and then when they when they send that floated ball in and Kronberg's big goofy ass jumps up and grabs it
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah i think it's, I, it's just i think it's different styles and the backline yeah. has to adjust so
3: well, that's um, it's it's funny to me because all three keepers are different. They're, none of them are the same in the way they play. Um, so each one of them is a little bit of adjustment for the back line to have to get used to. But fitting Kronberg in there is the easiest adjustment for the back line to get back to because was yeah. there for a good chunk of the season and last year and et cetera. Last seven
1: years. <laughs> Longest tenured player uh, um, yeah but really, yeah, I don't know. I think we're just really expensive. blessed with goalkeepers. Like it's it's crazy to yeah. me that we could go down to our third string goalkeeper and still feel pretty good about that.
2: It's crazy. And it's crazy <laughs> we ever had to go down to our we were like down to like our sixth
1: string or seventh string <laughs> center back at one point, like good lord. Oh yeah, they were having the first ten thousand fans in the stadium get to play goalkeeper. Giveaway right. I mean, it was bad.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, We I know we made a lot of jokes about, you know, the the center back tryouts were immediately after the game. Vermees was buying the beer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that's probably um, at the end of this season, uh, it will be a show that we need to do and some articles that we need to do is, is, is that I think Vermees has done his best coaching job of his entire life this season may not win a damn thing may drop out of every competition, but I think he's done his best coaching job because of all the, the problems they've had. And it's it's yeah. always, you know, as hard as it is to win a championship, it's always, it's harder to repeat and then throw in the injuries, the world cup, the international play, et cetera, et cetera, selling your best midfielder out from under you, the keepers, all of those other factors into it. And he still managed and, to keep a team that, second in, in the Eastern Conference at the moment, potentially, you know, competing for first.
2: No, um, yeah, he has it you know, right things. there. That's 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 great. And and I think he he should be in consider depending on, you know, how we wrap this season up, he should definitely be considered for coach of the year again, I would think.
3: Ben Olsen. He should be
1: considered <laughs> But yeah, yeah, oh yeah no, con, Verme-
2: consider don't, don't they don't they name like like three that are that are like in the running or whatever. At least give them that.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I I totally agree. Um, I think in MLS it's a big parity league, and conceivably any team can win them every any given day. But I don't think there's ever been a time when a team could look at Sporting's lineup and say, "Oh yeah, we can beat these guys." Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we've just always had, I mean, depth. Like this is the first year I've really felt we have a actually really deep team. Like we could feel two complete MLS teams that could compete with anybody.
2: As long as we yeah, had it,
1: well, yeah.
2: Maybe, Maybe we've, we've always been that deep. deep. We've just never had to. We've just never had to show it off.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I,
3: I do think that the, I do think that uh, each year it's gotten a little deeper because the way Vermees coaches and weeds out players and, and builds players. Uh, You know, he's, he's got a very long view on, on players. If he brings them in and if he sees that they have the potential to be somewhere, he keeps them. If he has them around for a little while and sees that they don't have that potential in his opinion, they're gone. You know, and he's been proven right at at least several of these players.
1: Yeah, well, I think we've maybe even touched on this before, but like I've, I've talked to Peter Vermees a couple of times, and it seems like he's more excited about the youth teams and the academy stuff. Like that to me, that almost seems like that's his bread and butter is not necessarily the team of now, but what are these fourteen, fifteen, fifteen year olds going to do in four or five years, and are these the kids who can compete at the next level? And he just seems like he's so excited not about buying talent but developing it in-house and making sure that, like, this team has a future going forward. Like, it's not about winning a championship this year. It's about building teams that will compete into the future.
3: And and that's what I always mean is he has such a long view on things that, um, you know, we need to be thankful to the ownership group that has allowed him to go through rough patches and still be there because some some ownership groups would have fired him pretty quickly after – a an NAFO and then ten ten games losing streak at the beginning of one season and etc. Yeah. But he he has that long view. Uh I know I've talked to him about the the Academy and some of the things they're doing and if you look at the the sporting the the affiliates around the country you know, that they have essentially a middle a stripe down the middle of the country of affiliates from almost the top almost to the bottom. And that's going to be a big chunk of kids who they're going to have some ownership to claiming them as homegrown players. Right. There are millions and millions of people in that that swath of network that they have across the middle of the country right now in some very, very good programs who are enough different that they're developing kids in different ways, but enough similar that they can learn to play the sporting way fairly quickly if they're not already doing it.
2: Yeah, well, and the the big thing is just that they will will catch the real talent and won't let any of these players slip through their fingers here in the Midwest but, because that's something that has always happened um, in this country. Like, and I think Matt Beesler is, like, the first one to – to break that barrier and come out of, you know, middle of you know, Kans or not middle of Kansas, but yeah, like come out of Kansas like this, or the Kansas City side. <laughs> well
1: yeah, yeah. that I mean it it blows my mind that you can do Andy Grunerbaum and Kevin Ellis and Eric Braun and Matt Beasler and you can just I mean this team can get packed with Kansas City locals.
0: And that's before the dawn of
1: the Academy system. So when you really buckle down and look at all the players we can generate, like you could conceivably feel the strong team from the Kansas City or from the Kansas and Missouri area.
2: Yeah, and that's
1: and then we're just building it stronger. I mean, it's just starting. (laughs) And that's that's um
2: you know, yeah, maybe that says something about the talent we have in the area. But it's also, you know, it also makes me wonder if Peter or, you know, the people, you know, everyone else running the youth of the organization here, it makes me wonder if we went, if they went to another city, if they, you know, could do the same there. It might just be our development, and that's how we've gotten them to MLS level, you know. Right. Oh, well,
1: and, you well, know, I mean. Not all of these guys went up through the Kansas City ranks. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah, and the, yeah. I just mean definitely. that any city in America is capable of developing professional quality soccer players. And the, the fact that Burmese has such a focus on keeping them in house, I think, is great. Well, I think I will right. slightly disagree
3: that any city can at the moment because um, Kansas City's, the groundwork has been laid for this this renaissance over several decades, to be honest, of people starting the soccer leagues back in the 70s, um, uh-huh. you know, trying to compete with St. Louis when St. Louis was the dominant city in the in the nation of first developing soccer players For by far, and they still really develop a lot of good players. Um, but there's all this groundwork that was laid. And then part of what you talk about, you know, Peter's eyes light up when he's talking about youth, but him, he started Sporting Blue Valley, or I don't want to say he started his, the Blue Valley Soccer Club. I don't know that he started it, but he was the director of it and had so All much right. influence over it, and building up those kids and improving the quality of soccer there and improving the quality of coaching. Because it's not just improving the quality of kids; it's improving the quality of the coaching, so that everybody that the kids play against are better, so they get better themselves. So it's it's, it's a it's a whole. Um, um, I'm I'm not finding the right word, but it's it's so complex of of all the things. No, have to you know, get these guys to where they are now, and not just the guys that we have now, but the the guys that are on the, the sporting academy team. Um, you know, like the two kids that just went to the U.S. football team to train with them. One of them a U16. Um, the sporting academy may not win everything, but they're developing enough players to come out of there. And that we'll see those more of them, more and more of them hitting the first team over time, and more and more of them getting sold for money, which will be a self-sustaining uh, money coming back in to help build and build and build and build. And they want to be one of these great academies. They'll they'll argue anytime you say that you want to be a selling team, but considering you're in MLS and you want to be a selling team to teams in Spain and teams in England and teams in Italy and. You, that's not a bad thing for the next couple decades until, you know, MLS is not going to sur- surpass those leagues in the next decade or two.
2: Yeah, that's your exhibit time. A for that is your exhibit a for that is Eric Palmer Brown and Juventus calling back twice for him after us saying no. <laughs> like yeah, of a, exactly. you know of them,
1: yeah, yeah. How would you even maybe even ask more of a question is? How far does that extend into like the technical staff and the scouting staff? I mean, if it becomes if we get to the point where we can identify local talent, that translates into people going to places like you know, England and Spain and finding these young guys who maybe cast off of great teams and recognizing their talent. You mean guys like Yuri Rosell. I guess it, in that sense I can see how and Tony Dovalle. Yeah, exactly. well, exactly. Being able to recognize talent in America translates to being able to recognize talent overseas.
2: Or Ooh.
3: Igor Julial. That uh... so yeah. sounded like and,
2: it was like, that, that seriously to me sounded like it was Peter Vermees just like hand-picked him when they were playing that team. <laughs> 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 well,
3: I think they did, and that's and that's part of uh, the deal with Fluminance is that you know, we're going to get some of their players and help them become better defenders and make their value better, and then the, in return, we get some value out of it ourselves. So, Right. All right. We've uh, We've we've covered a ton of ground, guys, and it's been a great conversation. However, we kind of really strayed from the preview of the New England game just a tiny bit. Um, I mean, that's so, right. Um, just to wrap it up, because we do need to get off here a little bit. Um, predictions and uh, any last thoughts, uh, Cody? We'll start. With well, you.
2: well. Um, I, I noticed that Peel wasn't even uh, in the 18 for the their last match against Columbus, but I'm assuming since he has two goals against us this year that. He would be at the very least on the bench and come off, um, come on as a substitute. But it, I don't know. I mean, it looks like he is still, you know, he's yet to catch on there as well, which is kind of a shame because I always was rooting for him deep down. But um, <laughs> I don't know. We'll 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 see about that.
3: Well, he does have like four goals and four assists for him. I mean, that's not
2: horrible. Yeah, he was a generation Adidas player, man. He was he was playing for the national team. He was supposed to be a superhero by now.
3: And Lee Win was playing in Vietnam at one point. So, <laughs> never know.
1: Um, I'm going two-one sporting. Two-one. But I think it'll Tony, be a very what, interesting.
3: You... Hmm? Oh, go ahead, finish. Sorry.
1: Uh, I just saying, I think we're going to make it very. It won't be a comfortable two-one win. <laughs> But we don't. Yeah. I mean, we don't yeah. have comfort win. That's maybe the frustrating part. There's never a time when I'm two goals up and I'm thinking, "We're dominating this game. We're going to get this." So, yeah, <laughs> I, I think Jermaine we, um, Jones scores a screamer, we pull two back, and then everything's happy.
2: Yeah, for real, man. That's exactly like what I was going to say. I, I just, I think um, they've, you know, he's hasn't got the consistent play that he's wanted. And I think if, you know, now with the playing time, him and Lee Wynn are going to be very dangerous. And I see, I, I'm telling you, I see a Jermaine Jones screamer. Like, it's one of them is
1: coming at some point. Yeah, and I, I don't see a clean sheet in this game, but I think yeah. we can steal three.
3: Of course, Crumbergill. Yeah, we one need it. Clean
1: Run. Right. <laughs> Well, I would argue we need it. I think a point would be okay.
2: No, I, don't, I, don't, I don't. Maybe like that's just one. my
1: pessimistic, like, mathematical mind. But no, screw that. Man. I, I, I think, really, I I think, really think we don't can hit like five anyone. or six points and still be in the playoffs.
2: Well,
3: yeah, <laughs> we'll
1: get in the playoffs,
2: but but we need like that, like that article that uh, Sterrett posted on the Blue Testament. It's it's we. We need some excitement here at the end of the season, so we need to we need to fight for the top spot in the conference. I
1: think. Oh, I agree. I I am not saying I don't want to win this game. I want to win this game so bad. Right. <laughs> I'm just trying to temper before anything happens that a draw is not the worst thing in the world, well, but a win will be awesome. And I think we'll win. And I think we can beat them. We play really good against well, teams we should beat for some reason. Or I'm sorry. We play really good against teams that we line up good against. We don't seem to play very good against teams we should beat.
2: And the and yeah. the and thing, a thing that I've heard in every single sport I've played since I was very young was that it's hard to beat a team three times in a season, and they have barely beat us twice. So. <laughs> Hopefully we've learned.
3: In, uh, in sporting New England history though, the last couple of years, the home teams won every game. Wow, <laughs> okay.
1: really? Okay, that's a cool yeah. stat.
3: Um, so yeah, we we lost in New England for the, every time over the last two years, and they've we beat them here every time over the last two years. Huh. Um, doesn't mean it'll happen. Again, every every streak is made to be broken. <laughs> um, and I've always needed it that. It's hard to beat a team three times in a year because if you're really better than a team, you should beat them three times. But, um, All right, Cody, did you have a prediction? What's the score?
2: Um, I mean, I'm two-one is where I, is where I'm at too. I would like to say, I'd like to say three-one if they, you know, really start feeling themselves. But I, I say, I, I keep thinking it's going to be a we're going to need a late goal to win it.
3: Yeah, I tend to go two-one also, but that's that's my like usual safe one to go with because I have little faith that yeah. we do not give up a goal to something. You know, yeah. um, even though Kronberg is the only one that's gotten shutouts this year. But we do have, we will probably at least have a little bit of a makeshift center back line there, unless Colin somehow is miraculously cured uh, in the next 20 20 hours or so. So, yeah, I will go 2 1, and uh, I will go. Unanimous, wow. um, Yeah. uh, I've also won a couple times with that being an own goal off of Claros or Juliao. Um, but it's only happened
1: Oh when... no, I could totally see a Claro's <laughs> on goal Don't say that I might change the 2-2 <laughs>
3: That only happens to uh, Kempen though. No. Claro's is scoring on him <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well, he yeah. might, Kempen might be starting At center back if things go poorly So oh. well, let's not even joke about that
3: <laughs> Yeah no. Well, maybe Grunenbaum He's always been well, He can't run as much,
2: I don't think All right
3: any any last words, guys, before
2: we break up? Uh, go royal. Yeah. Oh
1: hey, how are they doing, by the way?
2: And it's six to three. Holland is about to close it out. Right uh... now. All
3: right.
1: Yeah. I'm well, okay leaving on that note.
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, guys. And yep. I will. This will be up very shortly on Blog Talk Radio, and we'll post it in the morning on the Blue Testament. And that's it. Yep. Thanks again for, for joining me.
1: Hey, and, gentlemen, sir.
3: Good night. All right. Good night, guys. Good night.
1: You can bring the TV, you can bring the beer We'll wave our flags from the front porch, there's a party on in here When it's a football night, when it's a football night We can gather all the friends all around the zoo. There's not a better thing to do When the a football night, Where is the a football night When I find out with the blood, you know we're gonna feel alright
2: Oh, so all you gents, beware We're the first ball night Where's the first ball night Whoa. We can gather all the friends all around the
1: Zoom That's not about I say to do We're the first ball night We're the first ball night We're a the final with the blows We're gonna celebrate tonight We're the final with the blows We're gonna celebrate tonight
0: We're the final with the blows You know we're gonna feel alright